This program is brought to you by Suffolk University. Please visit us on the web at www.suffolk.edu. Hello listeners, this is Mark Fisher. I'm a partner in practice entertainment law at Dwayne Morrison. I'm an adjunct faculty member teaching advanced copyright at Suffolk University Law School. Our topic in this podcast is a copyright infringement lawsuit brought by Victor Willis, the original lead singer of The Village People. And in a case that one blog called It Takes a Village to Change Music Copyright Law, it does take a village person to do that. And the case involves an exceedingly arcane provision of copyright law and and will do my best to try to de-encrypt it. Way back when, before 1978, copyright law provided authors with protection for two 28-year terms, and a copyright owner had to renew his or her or its copyright to get the second 28-year term. In the copyright law of 1976 that took effect January 1st of 1978, those two terms were eliminated and collapsed into a simple unitary term that did not require renewal for new works. To try to recap capture or in a sense even preserve the notion that there was a second term and a right to get your copyright back because there were some instances where the author could get a second bite at the apple and undo a deal the copyright author didn't like at the point of renewal. Congress instituted a termination provision in which an author could take back his or her copyright by a notice provision in a five-year window following the 35th year of the transfer the author didn't like anymore. That was a very rough and more intricate version of what existed in the old copyright law. All right, so what does all that mean? It means that under some circumstances, creators who don't like their deals with companies can get out of those deals. Congress did not do a perfect job in drafting this provision. So here we are coming up on the period where these rights of termination can ripen and people are sending notices, but what does the law really say? Well, there are two things going on. In order to have the right to get your copyright back and undo a deal you don't like, you have to be the author of the copyright law. Well, the Village People case, the Victor Willis case, raises that question. What is an author? If you do your work as a creator under employment of a company, the company is automatically the owner of your copyrightable work as work made for hire. And the argument in the village people case appears to be whether Victor Willis was in fact an employee for hire and not, say, a rock band that does a deal with a record label. There, the rock band's an independent contractor. They're not an employee for hire. And their work their recordings can only be work for hire if they've signed a particular document saying it's work for hire and to make the thing even more arcane that their work falls into one of nine particular categories that are susceptible being work for hire. Confusing enough? Well, yes, it is. So getting back to Mr. Willis, the argument there is different than in the other cases that are very high profile or at least that are being discussed as to whether artists such as Bruce Springsteen or John Irving or anyone can get their copyrights back. The Willis case revolves around what's work for hire. Was he an employee or was he an independent contractor. The Supreme Court, in a case years ago involving a statue built to commemorate Vietnam War veterans, looked at the issue and essentially said that you look at all the factors by which a person is an employer to determine whether the work is for hire in a copyright case. So the outcome of the Willis case presumably will rest on whether he met the criteria for being an employee. And if so, one would assume that the court would conclude that it's work for hire and he cannot exercise his termination right. That's the takeaway of this case. If he's an employee of the company that put together 
the village people, they own the copyright. He doesn't, no termination right. You have to be an independent contractor to get your copyright back. If you were an employee for hire, just like everybody who works desk jobs, if there were a village person who was an office worker dressed like Dilbert, all of his or her work would be owned by the company automatically unless there's an agreement to the contrary, which is pretty rare. The other kind of work for hire is really more general application and maybe more of interest, is that recording agreements for decades said that the work that the musicians created for the record company in the form of sound recordings are work made for hire. There's a valid question as to whether those works are really work for hire. And in fact, the RAAA, the Recording Industry Association of America, was sufficiently worried that over a decade ago, they got in a change to the copyright law stating that sound recordings were in fact one of the categories of work for hire. Under huge protests, legislation was not aired publicly and was in the eyes of the critics kind of snuck in in the middle of night. The law was changed back again. So one can easily infer that this is a big question because there was a change in the law that was rolled back to deal with the question as to work for hire with sound recordings. Takeaway there is if sound recordings are not work for hire, then they're mere assignments and then they can be terminated. The argument for the record companies is that the artists were recording collective works. That's one of the nine categories that could be work for hire. If they were not creating albums, really just individual songs, then the record companies may have a difficult case and the artists may have a better one. There'll be lots of litigation on this point and related points. For example, the law is not entirely clear as to whether creative works that were created under deals entered into pre-78 but only published later, say in 1980 or 81, are subject to different provisions of the law. In other words, lots of songwriters, musicians, book authors, sign agreements and create one or more works for many years following that deal. How do you even calculate the applicability of the law? So the complexities grow. We do know one thing for sure. There's going to be lots of litigation before we get clarity. There is a move in Congress to try to deal with this issue and revise the copyright law to try to bring clarity to what is, at this point, fodder for disagreement. So there's more to come on work for hire, sound recordings, and the ability of artists to get out of old deals they don't like very much right now. Thanks. This preceding program was brought to you by Suffolk University. Please visit us on the web at www.suffolk.edu.